Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Simmer down with Sean Simpson. Brady Kachuk with the tip. His 100th goal in his 300th game, and it's a Gordie Howe hat trick to tie it. The sickest Ottawa Senators podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick. How are we doing, Ottawa? Um, Good to see you guys again. Um, I'm back solo. Um, It's looking like this week will be a solo effort. Um, Maybe get some guests, but... Most likely be solo, but uh, I have you guys, the fans, and um, the question askers. So um, not doing this alone. So thank you, as always, um, for those questions. Please um, send some questions in again today. Maybe even some stuff about nonsense. Um, I'm not sure I'll be able to answer everything perfectly um, if we're not talking about sense, but uh Willing to willing to try and, and dive into maybe some other stuff in the NHL if possible, um, yeah. So I think we'll just start with a, a little roundup of yesterday. Um, the games played last night. I, I don't necessarily want to go dive right into the Senators. Um, I I talked about that yesterday quite a bit about my thoughts on that, um, and I don't want to you know kick a guy when he's down. Um, nothing's changed overnight um, on my thoughts. So everything's still the same. Um, we, I, you know, need a coaching change um, most likely here. Um, and it probably needs to happen uh, relatively soon um, before it gets worse. Um, that said, you know, there are mandated off days uh, with the CBA. Um, but, you know, you think today would have been a practice day. I, I get that you can't. Um, end of month, so it's probably this is locked in. Uh, you can't do much more, but um, you know it, it's just it's it's too bad because this is a time that you should be practicing hard. You should be practicing all the things that aren't going right in the game, and you should be getting reps, getting reps, getting reps. So um, yesterday, I, I would have thought a practice would have involved in being more crisp, being more faster with the puck, moving the puck quicker. Um, so some breakouts, some just even passing flow drills. I mean, the Monday was brutal in terms of p- passing the puck. And if you can't pass the puck in this league, it's going to be a struggle. Um, and, and moving the puck efficiently, um, defense to forwards, forwards to other forwards, um, it, it, it's it's – tough on you um there becomes turnovers mistakes and you know i think it was brian kilray always always had his guys passing the puck in practice it's it's it seems so simple but apparently it's not so um you know i that my practice yesterday would have been about getting back into form some skill stuff some flow drills some passing of the puck some breakouts some two-on-ones uh, three on twos, passing the forwards, and then coming back the other way. Um, little things like that. And today would have been a hard practice for me. It would have been uh, battle drills, controlled scrimmage, um, guys going hard. Get get into that habit of being hard on pucks. Um, I thought Ottawa was very, very light on pucks on Monday um, to a bigger team. Um, and, and yeah, you, you just, if you don't practice those things, they don't become nature to you. Right. So, um, practicing those things would have been good. So instead of a hard practice today, you're going to have a day off. God knows what's going on. Um, and then tomorrow it's going to be another easy practice because you play the next day. Um, and, and that's the schedule, that's the CBA, but 
to the point like you'd almost maybe flip it and have a hard one today, like a hard practice. Um, and then I don't know if you can on the mandatory day off if you could do an optional or or what what you could do there, but um, they definitely needed a hard hard practice kind of with a day off in between. That's that's how I would do things. Um, and maybe they weren't able to because of the CBA. So I, I could just be talking nonsense, but that's how I would see, see things uh, play out if I was the coach. Um, speaking of being hard on pucks, like, you know, Florida goes into Toronto. Um, I thought they were very good in the first period. Um, I did admit, I didn't catch the entire game, but thought they were very good in the first um, and then slowly dwindled um, for the rest of the game. Um which is fine. They're on a back-to-back playing against a, a skilled team and, uh, you know, away from Florida. So I I would have thought they would have maybe carried that win, but I think if you're going to the shootout, it, it, that just is considered a tie and, and not a loss. So um, Florida seems to be gaining some steam, but when you look at that lineup, I mean, that goal by the fourth line is just, that's a big fourth line that you do not want to play against. Um, Steenland's huge. Uh, Lomberg is, I mean, a competitive guy. And then uh, Jonah Godadovich or Godeovich. Uh, I'm terrible with names. Um, kind of like my dad was terrible with names. Um, pronunciation, I should say. But yeah, he, he's a kid in Owen Sound that's played on the World Junior Team. Big guy. Um, you know, he hit Timmy. Uh, those are guys you do not want to play against on uh, day in and day out. Um, and, and to me, this team is fit for the playoffs. I think they showed that last year. Um, and I think with guys, you know, Sam, Sam Reinhart just scoring goals, contract year, but, but it was always, um, always is a, was a smart hockey player and he's just taking it to the next level here. Um yeah, so that's a, that's a Florida team that's going to be tough to play against. Uh, obviously, Sheldon Keith gave some shit on the bench, and that's the Sheldon I know um, from, in, in a good way, I should say, too. Uh, a hard guy that is fair. I think, I don't know if he's lost that a little with Dubis um, and their connection. I know Dubis probably saw the game a little differently than Sheldon Keith at times. Um, and Sheldon, you know, blast the shit emotion on the bench, you know, remind me of Brian a little bit or old school coaches a little bit, and and then give your guys a chance to go prove themselves. Um, if you're going to give shit, you got to give them a chance to, to sh- make a difference and, and change their game. And, and they did pick it up uh, enough to get a tie out of the game. Um, so yeah, this division is going to be tough. Um, and then you kind of, the other game I watched, we could kind of just do a little round uh, table here about what went on last night. The other game I watched, I have obviously the Oilers and the Golden Knights. Uh, what a goal by Mark Stone. That, that's just a Mark Stone goal um, in front of the net, tip in. Um, but the Oilers, I mean, they're coming on here. Connor McDavid's on a mission. I think he just wanted to give everyone a little head start before he really started his season here. Um, too bad they lost the coach in the process. I'm sure he didn't, wouldn't like that. But yeah, Connor's going now. Um, even, even you know, got their back end was a little better last night at times. They still let in a goal as soon as they score, which I, I find good teams don't do that. When you watch Pittsburgh on their cup days, uh, as soon as they got scored on, they got one back. Or if they scored one, they, they do not allow one against them and that's that to me that's the a sign of a good team a good team that's played together for a while a good team that's well coached that knows what's on the line um the next minute after a goal um whether they scored it or you scored it it's 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 massive to not allow a goal after you score and and Edmonton still seems to not do that um and and when they're up they they seem to allow goals um but they're coming around Connor McDavid is playing absolutely like a superstar that he is so um yeah that's that's good to see i think i think all canadian fans kind of have 
Edmonton. I mean, you, maybe you don't want Edmonton to win just because of everything that's going on, but you want Connor McDavid to win um, and do well. And it's good for hockey to have him in the playoffs. I'll just quickly touch on some other games here. Devils Islanders. Islanders seem to be scoring some goals, but playing some teams that allow goals. So like Ottawa um, Devils like their team surprised when they beat the Rangers last year. I'm not sure that would happen again this year. Uh, their goaltending, you know, I, I Schmade and Vanisek, I liked, but maybe a little high on them compared to what they really are. Um, they're going to need to figure out the goalie side of things there. Um, they've been letting in a lot of goals compared to before. Um, so they're going to have to score their way out of games. And, and they did that last night, but I, I don't think that lasts um, throughout the season. Carolina Flyers. Carolina is an interesting team. They have some, they have a great team, I think. Um, but, you know, obviously Los Anderson. So they're, they're kind of wondering on the goalie side of things as well. Um, I, I, I see them to maybe start to get going here a little bit. Now the Flyers have played well, um, maybe a little over their head, even though the advanced stats don't always show that. Um, but they, they, you know, Chuck Fletcher, who was there, who I brought up yesterday on the pod, um, Brent Flair, who used to work in Ottawa for the Senators. I mean, it's tough. They, they were in an organization where I believe the owners have some say, um, and they kind of had some some wanted to clean up that locker room, and it looks like they did. And it looks like the trades and the and their drafts. You know, they trade for um, Owen Tippett, who's played well. Tyson Forrester, you know, playing well. For, um, Morgan Frost, who's been benched or healthy, I think, seems to have good stats as well. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Um, I doubt they they do this all year. They probably come back to life. Uh, and regress to kind of where they should be. Um, but good signs for them because, you know, their younger guys are playing well. Connecting has obviously been good. And that's the power of a, a first-line two-way center, which we saw in Alex Barkov, um, Sean Couturier. I mean, you know, he can match up against anyone um, in the NHL and, and, and play shifts against top players, which um, really helps your team. Um, you know, maybe not put up as many points as, as a guy like Timmy Stutzel as an example, and, and Timmy's a lot younger and I think he can get to where he needs to be, but just, just kind of, you know, showing the difference, um, of how a, a, a smaller point producer, let's or a less point producer could still affect the game in a great way and help your team win. Um, so, so Sean Couturier has finally been healthy and it's good to see stars jets. Um, stars are, are jets have been really good too. Maybe a surprise team this year. Um, Cole Perfetti, goal Perfetti. Um, he's been very good. Um, and, and the stars are a really good team. I mean, they're, they're a big de- big team with lots of depth. I think, um, Jason Robertson. I mean, I loved him in his draft year played in Kingston. So I saw him a lot. Um, I think he had like 75% or something crazy. Uh, involved in 75% of Kingston's goals in his draft year or something. Just insane. I mean, the guy's a wizard. He's so good with the puck. Um, so intelligent. Has has a little Mark Stone in him in the in the sense of, you know, can steal pucks. Uh, not, not necessarily a great skater, but has become a better skater over time. And just is a was a, a weaker kid that 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 hockey sense was oozing hockey sense. And um, obviously he's a, he's a great player for them. The wild after a coaching change. Um, so Oilers are doing well after a coaching change, wild win one after a coaching change. Um, so take that as you will. Um, we'll see here. We'll watch the wild to see if, it, if this lasts, um, but obviously Gus made some saves. Uh, Matthew Boldy, you know, couldn't score for the other coach scores to scores last night for them. Um, but they're a team to watch to see how how uh, the coaching change uh, helps or doesn't help. Um, Penguins have been coming on, but the Predators are even stronger. Uh, Preds have won a bunch of games in a row, I believe, um, and they're just playing solid solid hockey now. Um, I think UC Soros wasn't very good early on. I think he's coming back to him, himself and being a little better. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's been having a good year. Philip Forsberg's having a good year. 
Um, there's a, there's a team, you know, the classic Preds, you know what they are. They just play that team game and, and win three, two games and win four, two games. And, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if, if UC Saros comes on Blackhawks came out firing. I don't know if that's to, um, you know, show some Bedard, show Bedard some love there after everything that's gone on. Um, Kraken came back, but Blackhawks found a way to win. Um, Coyotes and Lightning. Coyotes have been good. I mean, they, they're they getting some scoring from other places now. Um, I think I think if you're a Coyotes fan, you're happy with your season so far. Uh, Canucks and Ducks. Canucks, just keep doing it. I mean, Elias Pedersen, what a superstar. Talk about him enough, but what a, what a star this guy is. And then Quinn Hughes is obviously... Um, playing super well. Uh, I, I want to see that long-term into the playoffs. I, I don't think he's going to regress a ton, but but as a smaller guy, when the game gets harder, um, will he be as effective? Um, if he's, you know, 80% effective, he's still a really good player. But And I'm not saying that that's going to happen in the playoffs. I, I just think that I want to see it. Still, Kale McCarr is my guy right now. Um, and until he's until that's proven wrong. Um, I see some analysts saying Quinn Hughes is better, but um, I think Kale McCarr is the total package and he's proven that over the course uh, of the last couple of years. So, um, but Canucks, what a, they're a good watch. Um, you know, Canucks probably not liked uh, in the past by uh, other NHL fans, but I, I think this is a likable team now. Um, they cleared some room yesterday. They're probably going to have to add a defenseman if they want to be serious. Um, but they know that I'm sure. Um, and, and they made a good trade with Ronick. Um, now they're going to have to sign him, but, uh, that guy's a player as well. So, um, good night in the NHL. Um, tonight, tonight, the Rangers Red Wings game is going to be interesting. Uh, I think that'll be a great game to watch. Um, Detroit, you know, was really good and then lost a few games and then back to winning Rangers, um, you know, got beat bad the other night, but overall they've probably been the best team in the NHL. And then obviously you have the Kings playing tonight against the Caps who the Caps are probably going to come back to where they really should be. Um, and, the, but the Kings keep winning and that's a deep lineup as well. So um, some good teams playing tonight. Um, yeah, really. I mean, when, when I watched last night too, um, that 2014 draft goes off in my head, you know, because you have Aaron Eckblad, Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett, all on the same team, which is which is very interesting. Um, and and how I would love to know how you guys would rate those three if you're starting, you know, if you wanted to win because they're it's not old, but they're getting a little older. So if you had to win a cup in the next three years who would you be taking out of those three and it's hard um i watched all three play lots uh ekblad and barry actually sorry i didn't watch sam reinhardt at all uh sam bennett i watched quite a bit and then the guy that i uh, i also watched a ton was michael delcoe who was in oshawa michael delcoe um some people said he might be the best player out of the draft i've heard people say that to me uh i didn't believe it um, they're just a, a guy that had hockey sense, but just not twitchy. Um, and, and wasn't really hard enough, um, compared to maybe a guy like Sam Reinhardt, who, uh, my dad did draft, um, who was obviously not a great skater at the time and, but really smart, but, you know, kind of had that, uh, a little more gumption in his game compared to Michael Del Cole. And that's what, that's, that's really the difference there. Um, you know, Michael Delco was a big, smart guy, um, who was a star in the OHL at times and yeah, just didn't have that want, I don't think to get there. Um, and then, uh, so like, so Sam Bennett Ekblad is a, is an interesting one for me. Um, I think a lot of people would have said Ekblad for sure early on in the career. Uh, I think it's a lot closer now. Um, Sam Bennett is, I mean, what a, what a player just beats down Domi. Um, in front of the home fans, um, 
he, this guy does not give a shit. He's going to score goals. He's going to run your goalie. He's going to run you. And he doesn't care. Uh, and what are, what is anyone going to do about it? Because no one has really yet. And uh, he's just going to go about his business and, and help teams win and be a force in the playoffs. And But at one point, um, you know, Calgary traded him. They didn't think he was... They didn't think he was uh, the player they drafted, and 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 that just shows it takes time in this game. Um, some because a guy is good at nineteen doesn't mean uh, the guy that hasn't been good at nineteen is no good. Um, it takes time. It takes time. Um, and that draft is an interesting draft. I mean, you, uh, I'll, you know, Nick Ritchie, big guy that probably didn't have a ton of want as well. Um, and that that's kind of his thing. Maybe some hockey sense issues, but he that, that guy I thought could be a good guy that could help you win. Um, and Anaheim took him with our pick that we, tr- that uh, I think, I think we were trying to maybe trade as in that area or something. I'm not sure. Well, that was the Bobby Ryan, I believe. Yeah. So, so that was a guy that would have been in our wheelhouse. I'm not saying we would have taken him, um, but I think we did didn't mind him as a player. There's, you know, if you keep looking there, Fial is good, but Perlini, Verana, Verana's fine. Per, Perlini hasn't had a great career. Honka hasn't. Um, Milano hasn't. There's there's some guys that miss, and and that's what happens in the in the first round. It, it does happen. Um, we expect a first rounder to play, and and you should expect a first rounder to play if it's your organization, but. The truth is that doesn't always happen. Um, one of my favorites from this draft, I mean, I watched Ivan Barbashev. I think he's he's been good. Uh, he's turned into a really good player. I just didn't know how much he would score at the next level. Um, and he's kind of maybe proven me wrong a little bit. Um, Andreas England, funny, eh? These big D, they play after their second, third team later on in life. Um uh, and he's he's been playing now, and uh, good for him. Um, but the one guy I really liked is, uh, and I you know I see him again last night is Michael Amadio, who played in North Bay. Uh, I mentioned before, watched North Bay play a ton that year. Um, they had Nick Paul, so at this draft we traded for Nick Paul as well on the second day. But I thought Amadio, um, there's a there's just a big smart kid that that's going to help your team win. Um, you know, third line guy, um, right now, maybe a fourth line, but third line guy that maybe could play up in your lineup for a little bit, short periods. Um, but smart could, could shoot the puck, um, and has some size, um, good kid from the Sioux. Um, so yeah, it was interesting draft. That was my first draft. So, um, I was, I, I saw, I saw Sam Bennett play way more. Watch him play better way more than I uh, did Aaron Eckblad. I, I thought Aaron Eckblad, every time you went to see him, you almost wanted to leave wanting more, but then you're like, okay, well, this is just a big, this is what he is. He's a big, solid defenseman. Um, and obviously he's, he's been, has, a, has had a really good career, some injuries. Um, let's see if he gets back into form though. And, and I believe he will. Um, but at times, you know, you kind of question if he became, what he was supposed to, I think, but um, I, I, after the second last injury, he kind of was very mad, but I think injuries do that to you. Um, and he looks to get back into form here. Um, but if, let me know who you'd like, uh, Sam Bennett or Aaron Ackblad on your, on your uh, team there. Let's maybe start with uh, some questions here. And these questions do not have to be all, Sends related again. Um, I can maybe try and touch on some other things, but but if it's sends related too, well, great. Um, I just I, I know we we talk about a lot of the same things um, day to day. We're on every day, so it so it's tough. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start with some questions. Are you concerned with Kachuk's play and or attitude so far this season? No, I'm gonna. <sighs> I'm I, I'm not going to get too down on guys until there's a coaching change. I want to see this team with a coaching change, and from there, then it's up to the players. Um, there'll be no more excuses. Uh, ideally, you're hiring a good, experienced coach that knows what they're doing and has proven that. So then it's really up to the players from there, including Brady Kachuk. Um, I want to see these guys in a different system 
with a new voice and, and see what happens. And then, and then you're, then really it's going to be a big off season here because you're going to, you're going to, you're, you, you should know, you should be able to evaluate your talent on your team better than any other team. You know, the players, you know what they are. You watch them play, you see them, you see, you know, you're not catching them on a one-off good game when you're there to scout. You you got to know these guys, and you can't get too sour on guys, but you can't get too up on guys either, high on guys because um, you're going to make mistakes. So you you gotta you gotta really be sure of what your players are, um, and then come and then make changes based on that. And 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 you need to start rounding out your roster to to make the playoffs. Here you've done your draft picks, you have your core, and now it's about tweaking to make this roster better. I guess we should do another one. What are the odds Sens fans are screwed this season because Anduler wants to do it right? So we won't have a new coach until the end of the season, chosen by the new GM. Well, I don't. I don't I'm not sure if that's true. Um, I thought the perfect time was after Monday night's game to get a new coach, um, but there's still, you know, a homestand here. Um, if it goes right off the rails, I think that obviously there's going to be a new coach come in. Um, the only way I could see DJ really staying is obviously if they start winning or it's like, it's just fine. And they, and they aren't sure who they want to hire. Um, but, but I wouldn't be worried about hiring a GM before a coach. I know that's typical. That's what you want, but you're now's the time. And, and to me, you're hiring a good coach you're not taking a chance on on some junior coach or whatever. You're hiring a coach that you know can come in and do a good job. So, and and like I said, that gives the GM, the new GM, a little more time too to do their things because it's not their hire. So, um, would I, as a GM, would I want to make my own hires? Of yeah, eventually. But if the people before me hire a good coach and he's doing well, whatever. And if not then it, that's on the owners. So um, when, win win situation as a new GM. So I wouldn't worry about a new GM coming in here and wanting to pick their coach right away um, because GMs will get their coach eventually um, if things go off the rails and that just gives them more time to build their team. So um, let's do another one, please. What are your solution for the overtime shootout debate, especially after the last night's goal review? I mean, <sighs> The shootout, if it goes to a shootout, it, to me, I, that's just a tie. It is what it is. Um, I'd, I'd much rather have 10 minutes of overtime. Um, and you, then you could do a shootout or whatever. I, I, don't, I don't think you want to go too long, but I think after 10 minutes, there's going to be a goal. Um, now I I hear, you know, it should have a can't cross the back over the red line or the blue line. I'd be interested in that, um, but I'd like to. I'd like to just see the game at ten minutes, force these guys to, you know, get a goal one way or the other. Um, let's do another one. Assuming he gets healthy, what do you think of Tyler Boucher as a prospect? This is tough uh, when you don't see a guy play very often. It's tough to make a decision. I think this year will be a big year for him in the lineup, slowly working him into the lineup more and more. What I want, what I want out of this guy is if he could become that, you know, that third liner we talked about yesterday with some size instead of Kublik, some size, some ability, some, some hard to play against. I think that would be the ideal spot uh, for him. Um, if he, if he could become that, I mean, like, like our top, our top six is, is going, is fine right now. Um, you're probably going to have to add a piece in there via signing or trade. Um, once Drew's done, but I, I think G has some years left. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's a stable, he's rock. He works hard. He works out hard. So there's nothing to believe that he can't keep going. Um, and if you can sign him, but yeah, I think, I think that third line role, Hard to play against, good in the playoffs. That that's something that I would hope he becomes if he continues to play. Um, let's do another one. 
TML World. Got this question yesterday. Do you think Ottawa will win a cup before Toronto? Yes. I, like I just mentioned on a high level, you know, like Toronto, I don't love their their back end long term. Uh, Ottawa, I think, is going to have a better back end with the guys they have and the guys coming. I think they have the goalies of the future, not that Wall hasn't been good for Toronto. And I think they have their 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 guys locked up long-term at a better cap dollar amount. And um, I think that's going to set up nicely as for them as the cap rises here. Um, you know, th- that said, Leafs have, you know, their guys locked up at a higher amount. Um, guys like Matthew Nyes, I'm a big fan of, but I... I yeah, I think uh, overall, organizationally, Ottawa's in a better spot to um, continue growing their team. Let's do another one. When scouting a player, how much stock do you, is put in looking at the player's off-ice character opposed to their on-ice character? So this is something... That's I find super super interesting. Um, reading the Cubs' way, Theo Epstein, you know, he went a lot of analytics earlier in his career, and then he sat beside a guy, an old school scout that put a lot of emphasis on character. And what he tried to do is is blend the two together. Um, and as as more and more people or more and more teams started to go the analytics way, his edge was character. Because if everyone's reading the same stats, mostly the same, then they, they all know about the guy's ability to play. Now it's what is going to get you there. So as a young scout, I'll admit, I didn't necessarily put as much stock into that as I thought, because I thought, why wouldn't you just want to be a player and work as hard as possible? Um, I just thought everyone would do that. Now I believe you have to want it. You have to want to become a player. You have to do the things that other guys aren't going to do to become a player. And then on ice, you have to play hard. You have to do those things that other guys don't want to do as well. Um, you know, when you look at, for, at fourth liners, those those fourth liners and good playoff teams that go to work, those guys aren't necessarily more skilled than anyone else. They just want it more, and they 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 know what they know what they are. They know that they got to go to the net, create a little bit of havoc, and that's that's Florida's fourth line for me. Um, you know, even even those Caps when they won the Cup, they had that you know those fourth line guys that just penalty kill, go through a wall. Boston Bruins had those guys penalty kill, go through a wall for your team, and and not everyone's willing to do that um, to to that level. So so. I think now players are so good that it, it's a huge difference. Uh, the character of a guy on ice character, off ice character, what are they going to do to, um, to be the best that they can be? And, and, and do they really, really want to be a player and do they really want it? Um, and, and how do you, how do you judge that is, a, is to me a, a good question. Um, certain teams did, uh surveys and personality surveys um which is something i was interested in um talking just talking to guys is tough um they're so well coached now on what to say um but if i was if i was a if i was a gm i probably would have uh in key areas part-time guys that went and found out everything about a player. Um, you know, Theo would talk about talking to a grade nine math teacher or talking to a principal or things like that and, and really digging down and, and, and trying to figure out what these kids are like. And, and the problem is, too, they're 17 when you're drafting them, so, so things can change. Uh, people mature, people grow up, people change what they want in life 100%. Um, but you just have to get as much information as possible. Um, and so, so really figuring out, you know, what these people are, um, what their family is, um, you know, you take a guy like Nick Roy and, and Gabriel Gagne. Um, I like Gabriel Gagne probably mostly 
most of the time throughout that season. Nick Roy got traded. He's, he kind of was very, very meh. Um, and now I didn't get to talk to these guys. I was so young, uh, part-time guy as well. Right. So, um, but I watched them play lots and, and, and certain nights, Gabriel Gagne could be the best player on the ice. We, we saw him at rookie camp being the best player on the ice. But then as you watched Roy play later on, um, you started to see his, his on ice character that he, he did compete way more than he did at the start of the year. Um, you know, you thought maybe he was soft, come from a really good family, which um, is good, but you thought he was a little soft at times. Um, and by the end of the year, he probably went way by Gabriel Gagne. Um, and, and look at what type of player he is now. And and I think the difference there is one guy really wanted it and one guy didn't. Um, both big guys, both tremendous skill, both, you know, shoot the puck. Um one played with a little more motor, obviously, in Nick Roy, but but it, it, it it's interesting, um, you know. And, and that draft year, there was a bunch of guys in the Quebec, like Yakov Trenin, I think, was the same draft year that he, you know, probably when you looked at Gagne, you saw what he could get to, but but he just didn't have that in him, and that's okay. I'm not going to bad guys can do whatever they want in life. Um, but as a as a scout, yeah, you you need to you need to figure out what these guys are and what, and what they want to do in life, and if if they want to be a hockey player or not. Let's do another one. When Shabbat comes back, are you going right back to Chikorin and Shabbat pairing where Shad needs to play his offside, or would you consider three pairings, uh, eighty five, six, and seventy two play twenty? minutes each with right deep partners um it's a good question it's something i think about quite a bit um i'd be interested to see them maybe like that old school pittsburgh model for their forwards i'd be interested to see them all on the left side and then load them up at certain points in the game end of periods maybe start of periods obviously you know power play penalty kill that's going to change some stuff uh maybe an offensive face-off when you're down, load these guys up and, and see what happens. But I, I'd be interested to see, um, at, you know, because of the power plays and stuff like that, they're probably going to get more than 20 minutes each. You'd like that to happen. If it, Now it's, that's going to take a lot more bench management loading these guys up, but it, it'd be interesting to see that. I'm not sure that's something they've done completely this year. Um, but that'd be, yeah, yeah that I, I would try that. Uh, you know you can go back to Checker and Shabbat if, if need be. Why not try something and see if it can work? Um, when you have a stable guy out there on every on every uh, defensive pair that can move the puck, I think that helps your team, um, especially in the regular season. Now, now in the playoffs, you might change that, load them up, uh, have you know so they could get more and more minutes, right? But uh, I think in the regular season, it'd be worth a chance. At this point, I'm trying whatever. I'm trying anything possible to to make this work. Um, let's try another one. All right. Are you able to share any hockey stories, Brian Murray, uh, of Brian Murray that listeners would like? And so that's so. This is something I think about. Um, I think it has to come naturally for me. Um, you know, I've shared a couple, you know, about Corey Perry, when he went to watch Corey Perry, you know, the Pajo one. Um, just, it's it's not necessarily stories for me always, too, with him. It's it's just how he carried himself. Um, when I'd be scouting um, ex-players, they could be development guys or scouts would come up to me and, and say, hey, I've heard you're Brian's nephew. Um, just want to tell you, when in a league when coaches weren't necessarily nice or, or fair, he was the man. Um, and I love hearing those stories. Um, so certain things like, you know, you just be sitting in the office talking about the team and, and, and things like that. And he would, he would, you know, he was, he's a big believer on empowering players, giving, giving guys a role. Antoine Vermette, you might be a, a second line winger, but for us, you're a third line center and you're going to help our team win because of that. And he feels empowered. He feels like he has a role. Um, and I'm not sure we have that on this team right now. Um, you know, if I remember, um, I, I forget the exact incident, but some, some guy was 
doing some shit and uh you know Neeler wasn't playing every game and he, he said he'd be have Neeler right out next I think it was in one of the playoff games have Neeler right beside him next very next shift or or uh next game um and and just giving people a role and giving a players a chance to succeed in that role and believing in them um challenging them he he would always challenge always challenge scouts you know you didn't know necessarily what his opinion was he could have been he could believe you but he would always challenge you to see and that brought better out of you and that brought betterness out of all the scouts um yeah hopefully over time we we start to you know tell some stories um i'd like to get you know guys like Doug McLean on um or something like that 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 could tell some stories as well from back in the day um you know i caught him i was with him more in the later days um yeah uh and more will come to me and now i'd like you know talking about it even to start to think of some so uh those will come you know simmer knew him as well so um when simmer's back i'm sure we can start talking some stories as well um yeah uh, that's that's my favorite thing is is old school hockey stories. So I could listen to Brian's stories or Terry stories or all day, all day. Those are that's to me big reason why I wanted to do this podcast at the start was just to you know get back to maybe hearing some of those things and talking hockey. So um, hopefully more in the future. Um, all right, we're doing all right here. Did you see the Ryan O'Reilly pick on? The overtime goal if yes do you think that should have been a penalty i didn't see it i didn't see it um that's the tough part it's it's hard to it's hard to see everything um especially whenever i have my other job that i need to you know kind of take care of too um but ryan o'reilly the factor um tim traded for him always a huge fan what a player he is uh i think he just that's a guy that just helps your team win um he just you know that's that's what he is he's uh does on the ice um wins draws he and he, he brings your guys into the fight and he helps your guys get better so i think every team uh needs a ryan o'reilly on their team um and you know he's he's maybe a mini bergeron so every team needs you know would love to have a bergeron right so uh, I did not see that. I'll take a look at it though. Um, I wish I could just pull that up right now. Um, but I'm not sure how it works with my mic and if you can hear everything in the background and stuff. So, um, yeah, anything else? Uh, do you feel like the sale taking so long has affected the on ice production? Um, these, these guys are pros, so it shouldn't, but it's reality. So yes, it may be, it maybe is had an effect on hiring a GM, which means it had an effect on who's coaching the team. So there's that right off the bat. So yeah, it's, it's definitely affected it. Um, that said effort level needs to be there day in and day out. Um, effort level throughout the 60 minutes needs to be there and it hasn't been. Um, so who that's on, I think that's a bunch of different people. Um, but it's time for the owners to, to, to make a change. I think, um, unfortunately now, hopefully DJ goes and wins four in a row here and life's good. Um, cause I don't want anyone to get fired. Um, that's no fun in life. Uh, but, but that's the reality of, uh, of, of pro sports. You get hired to get fired and when things aren't going well, for a wide variety of reasons that aren't just on the coach, you're gonna get you're gonna get it. Um, you're, the coach is gonna get it first, and then if things stay the same, the players are gonna you know need to be making made changes. Um, that's the reality of things here. And um, yeah, all right, let's uh, let's do another one here, um, Sean. Would DJ be allowed to make changes to his staff at this point, knowing that? He is on paper thin ice with his own job. It is truly just a waiting game to find DJ's replacement now. So that's that's interesting. I definitely think his assistants haven't done him any favors. They're good hockey guys, but uh, you just have to look at what's gone on, and and I just look at what's gone on in the past and and have to make my decision there. And so 
So I don't think he'll be allowed to make a decision with his assistants right now because I think obviously he's on the hot seat. But that said, I think having good assistants in here for the next coach that is hired, it's going to make a difference. Those guys are the guys, you know, handling the defensemen and their drills at the end of practice and making them better. And, and same with the forward coach doing that with the forwards and helping the power play and, and all these little things that add up. I mean, if, if your players are performing better and are working on things in practice to make them in individually better, um, that means you're scoring more goals because you're shooting the puck better. You're passing the puck better. So you have the puck more, all these little things add up in, into making your, team better um, as individuals rise in their ability the team should naturally rise because the game's easier to play now you also have to within that you have to work on your team structure and your team gameplay um, but I think as as your individuals rise in, in ability these guys aren't finished products right now in the NHL um, they could always improve they could always get rid of bad habits that they've picked up over time um, so, so I think you need good assistance and that's, that's, that's your leg up in a cap world. Right. And I think you could be forward thinking in, in this, um, you could even have a, like, a, a gameplay coach or something. I'm just now thinking outside the box on the moment, but, um, I would, I would try and have guys in here that have experience proven that they've done it, but also have younger people in here that, that can help guide those and say, well, why don't we, why don't you look at this? Maybe, you know, um, the, the, all sports have changed in the last little bit, um, due to just money involved in sports, people, more people involved in sports and, and just pushing the envelope to win because there's so much money in sports. And, uh, I think if Ottawa could get on that in some way, that would be beneficial for them. Uh, let's do another one. Looking at the draft year, how deep does it go in the first round? Um, so, so that's something I touched on yesterday. It's it's a little too early to say exactly where this draft is at. That said, what I'm told is this draft is deep. Uh, how far that goes? There's a lot of defensemen in the first round that you typically means you're pushing second uh, some forwards into the second round that like maybe could be first rounders. Let's say. Um, so I think it's shaping up to be a good draft. Now things can change over after Christmas pretty easily. Um, guys can take, guys will take a step or not take a step. So, so when you're, when you're looking right now, you're just kind of building that pre list of what you're going to be really focusing on in the second half of the year. So you, so, and I'll do a bigger thing on this. Um, but you know, cause we're kind of getting close to end of time, but Basically, you are making sure in your league right now, you're making sure if I'm in the Quebec League, I'm watching every team once at home, once on the road, and then another time either home or the road um, and knowing every player in this in your league first and know what the list is that you need to kind of keep an eye on. Um, and you're just going to whittle that list down into what will be your finalists. There will be one player that, you didn't think was any good at the start of the year that has become a guy that you at least need to watch now. And, and you, that, that can be tricky too um, because the player could have really been what he was at the start of the year, or he, he could be what he is by the end of the year. And, and you have to figure out what one he is uh, just because he's come on and had a good end of the year doesn't mean that's what he's going to be as a prospect. And, and you really have to know it could, it could go either way. Obviously you like guys that have a good second half. Matthew Nyes is a guy that did not have a good first half of the year. Um, and I ended up watching him only. I watched three games of his online. So very different. Uh, and I loved him as a player, but I didn't see him play bad at the start of the year. So I naturally loved him, thought he was a first rounder. Um, but that's cause, cause only what I saw, you know, I didn't have the history now that I could have been very wrong on that though, too. Right. Um, it could go either way for, for certain guys. So, um, you, you just got to be careful, do your due diligence, um, and, and just gather as much information as possible so you can make a good pick. But yeah, this draft is shaping up to look like it, it it's going to be a solid draft. 
um, with some depth at it. So that so that's that's good for the Sens. Obviously, you have two picks, and yeah. Um, let's do another one here. Just got here. Do you think Giroux is asking out after his contract? It'll be interesting. I think next year is a big year for the Sens. That's right. You need a good coach and a good offseason. And that's going to di- dictate everything. Uh, I think it's simple as that. I think uh, he's from here. He's built a house here. He wants to be here. But if the team can't take a step, you're going to wonder, you know, you're, you don't have many more years left. You might have to go and play somewhere else um, to get what you want, which is a cup I think he wants. So, yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. And, and that would hurt leaving, losing him, you know, because then, then you have to add a top six forward in there. And we don't really have top six forwards coming in the pipeline. Um, maybe we have a good draft this year. If it's a really bad year and you have a higher pick, sure. But Boucher doesn't seem to look like it. Uh, Zach Ostepchuk is probably a, more of a third liner as well, which which is fine. You need those guys, but to to have a true a true uh, first or second line guy, um, I don't know if they have that coming. And they have some D coming, like Clevin. Obviously, is going to round out that. Um, their goalies are interesting. Um, if you think one can really play and is proven he can play, maybe you end up being able to flip that for a forward or an asset. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a massive offseason here. Um, should we do another? When you were scouting, are you given a list of guys to watch? Could you walk through it? So I'll do a bigger – I could do more and more in depth on that sometime. I, I guess there's no better time than now. But, but at the start of the – so – there's a lot of moving parts to this in my league and in the leagues that you cover specifically, you're going to do a, a report at in the first half and the second half of every 16 year old. So the year before, so you have an idea of some guys that are coming. Now you're watching those guys loosely because it, it doesn't matter. You just want to see improvement from year to year. Things that you typically don't see, a uh, kid in Peterborough, Spencer, Spencer, I forget, defenseman. Uh, they're superstar as a 16-year-old, struggled, struggled as a, as a 17-year-old. And why was that? Hockey sense. So it's usually 16-year-olds are in, in better, easier times on the ice, easier positions on the ice, easier uh, competition, So you and you're not looking as hard. So you don't see those guys uh, as in-depth right away um but you have an idea of who's out there central scouting does a list but what you're doing is you're going to every team three times in the first half of the year once at least at home once at least on the way on on the away and then from there you're doing a report on all those 17 year olds some guys are not even going to be worth your time but you have to do it um and, and and then if there's an 18 year old that you liked last year that's gone through the draft, you might you'll you'll do reports on that as well. But you're going to do a report on on all those guys three times, see if they're improving, seeing where they're getting to, and then you're building your list every day. You're tweaking your list, tweaking your list, and really the first half is is building a list of guys that you're going to continue to follow up in the second half of the year. Um, you know, it's it's not a huge deal like. Like just as an example, by the end of the year, we like them all. But I, I mentioned before, I was lucky enough to see Formington and Thomas on a on a bad against bad teams in North Bay and Ottawa when London was on the road here, you know. And at our winter meetings, hey, these guys should be a little higher. But at the end of the day, it's it's the rankings at the first half aren't as important um, because it's just your list to continue to follow throughout the rest of the year. And then obviously by the end of the year, we had those guys much higher and we ended up taking one. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's not a list. Now you'll also have agents go, Hey, I have this guy. And so I did tier two. Um, I helped draft Kelly Summers. So in tier two, I'm, I, you know, I go to the showcase at the start of the year, catch every team. Um, you can also, you know, there's, there's some times that, Hey, central scouting, Am I missing anyone in this league? You develop some relationships. Um, I had to go watch St. Andrews at times. 
and some other, you know, Canadian prep uh, because there's a guy here there's, or you hear there's a guy there. And, and as a local scout, that's your, your job to go to see if anyone else should have to go watch this guy. Um, I remember watching Tice Thompson who just got traded. I thought he was a fantastic, like just an absolute star. I, I thought he was draft draftable for sure. In his as a 17 year old, I probably didn't have enough balls to not that he's become a player by any means, but, uh, but you're, you're watching him in high school against a high school prep team. He should be a star. So, so is, if you watched him in major junior, would you like him as much? Probably not. Um, and, th- and that's, that's, that's what you build experience over time of wondering, you know, um, what these guys are in different levels. And, and that's what makes hockey scouting tough at times. Um, you know, when you're watching football, I'm not saying it's easy, but you're watching SEC guys for the most part. You're watching all the big schools, Big Ten, you know, all that stuff. Um, playing against good competition, it's the scouts that can go, you know, to the lower levels and get, uh, you know, unfortunately Carson Wentz or or whoever uh, at the lower levels where the competition isn't the same, and you re- you really have to know what you're talking about on those ones. Um, so so yeah, you're just first half of the year on a high level, you're, you're just putting together a list of guys that you can watch for the rest of the year. Um, and then, and then just whittle that list down over time. Uh, let's do another. Do you think Giroux should be put on the third line when Pinto gets here? He stays on the PP in every important face off. Well, I like Giroux. So, uh, to me, he's a guy that's been competing the hardest, when things are going bad, he gives you good shifts. He wants it. Uh, smart. Um, I think there's other guys that, that could play a lower in the lineup than him. That said, when Pinto and Greg are back, that, that, that top, top nine is going to be super fluid. It's just going to be, I think you're going to be mixing and matching. Whoever's going is going to play more minutes, I think. I think that's how you do it. Ideally, for me, a team that can do that should be a good team. Same on the back end that we talked about earlier. It's just having these guys fluid, um, play kind of anywhere in your lineup, and they're going to give you good shifts. Obviously, you know, Timmy Stutzel is going to play more than Shane Pinto. Um, but your wingers are, could probably – you could put, plug and play throughout. And, and once you find the right the right chemistry and and – when things are rolling, then you kind of just leave them there and then you, you adjust as, as things, you know, get worse. Um, let's do another one. We're, we're pretty much soon done. So, um, yeah. I don't, in what sense stability, uh, stability for a team. Now there's, I, it's, it's a broad question. Let me see if you write anything here. Um, yeah, stability stability in many ways. Stability for an organization could mean having a GM that isn't too scared to or isn't going to fire coaches right away. Uh, you know, he's not getting fired. We have a makeup of what the Senators are, uh, some continuality uh, from players to players over time. You know, Boston's a good example of that. They passed down. You know, Chara, Bergeron, Marshawn, McAvoy. Over time, that that's it's almost like a, a tribe that you know their their morals and their character get passed down over time. So that that's like to me stability in a franchise, and that's the ultimate goal. But you can't have stability if things aren't going well either, right? You can't just have stability for the sake of stability. Um, if if the tribe isn't eating, you're gonna maybe find a new chief, right? So, so something like that um, is kind of how I look at for stability. Um, to, 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 let's do one more here. Is there any course of action to salvage the season with the staff? Uh, so one thing I'll say is I heard Ian Mendez said they're trying new things at practice. Good, good. That's what you should be doing. I'd be trying any, anything and everything. I'd be talking to people from my past coaching life, 
you know, see if they're watching. I, I'd be picking stuff from anywhere. You are any human is not done um, learning. Um, so, so if if obviously I want a coaching change. If you had to say the staff is staying the same and we have to salvage the season, the, what I would say to that is you get injuries back and you are looking at new ways to play and you are changing your practice habits and all that stuff. So it would be a massive change, whether that can happen. Um, and I see people saying it's way past that now. I, I agree. But the question was, is there? And, and I would say that would be the only way um, possible. Um, two, 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 two. I think that's good enough for today. Uh, we got to leave some stuff for tomorrow. I think on Friday we'll be able to talk about the game and what's coming up next. Um, maybe tomorrow let's talk some other NHL stuff. Uh, if anything pops up, uh, maybe we could get into more scouting. Uh, maybe I can get a guest on about some scouting stuff as well. Um, trying here. Um, it's it's not easy um thinking the simmer and whatever's going on there hopefully everything works out can't wait to have them back at some point here um it'll be sooner than later and uh we'll continue to provide good content uh for all you Sens fans and uh keep your head high and uh later go man and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time Follow the sick podcast Simmer Down with John Simpson on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.